I talk about this thing I call the grit gap, which is that success brings comfort. Then comfort erodes grit. And then grit is what you need for success. So when you become successful, you lose the grit that you need to stay successful or find the next level of success. And a lot of people go through that cycle. You wake up and you go, oh man, like I got too comfortable. I I surrounded myself with too much comfort from all the success that I've had. And it's really easy to fall into that trap. Welcome to Time Freedom for Lawyers, where the goal is to become less busy, make more money, and spend more time doing what you want instead of what you have to. Bringing together guests from all walks of life who are living a life of their own design and sharing actionable tips for how you too can live the life of your dreams. Now, here's your host. Brian Glass. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I have a very special guest, a friend of mine, Clay Speakman. If you've heard me talk about my uh, trips and adventures on Spartan races over the last year, it's all because of a group that Clay has put together and taken us on adventures across the country. And he and I are getting ready to go to Greece in November to run a Spartan race at the home in Sparta. So Clay, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Love to be here. I have these people that come into my lives and it seems like they, there's like one a year where I, I hear their story and I think this is either the most interesting person that I've met recently or he's an absolute nut job. And Clay is one of those people. Clay is a hundred time Spartan race finisher. He's a finisher of the Spartan death race, which we'll get into several ultra marathons. But on the other side, Clay is an, uh, a highly sophisticated entrepreneur, and his background is in behaviors and niches for ultra high net worth entrepreneurs and families. And so this balance of successful entrepreneur, but also maybe like mad caveman is something that you don't find in many people. And Clay, I want to start by talking about your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I love the mad caveman thing. I've never heard that before. I'm going to keep using it. Maybe I'll make a shirt and say I'm, I'm a mad caveman. But yeah, I've built businesses. I just exited a technology company and I grew up in a concert business. It's what my dad did when I was a kid. I went to school, got a degree in business around entertainment, I worked my way up to being one of the VIP directors and largest concert company in the world, launched my own concierge service because I got really good at understanding ultra high net worth customers through the concert and entertainment space, and then started building technology around my projects. And eventually our company became a technology company because we were building uh, unique proprietary software that was for ultra high net worth families, family offices, private investor groups. And that, that was great. It was the natural succession of things. But as you and I talked about, the mad caveman kind of came out in the middle of that process. I was mid thirties. I was successful. Uh, I had enough money to do whatever I wanted to, but I didn't feel like a real man. I didn't feel fit. I didn't feel like I was tapping into any sort of foundational principles of why I was created, why I was here on this earth. I needed a, a more physical purpose to my life. And I was just afraid that I didn't have the grit that I needed if things really hit the fan, if a zombie apocalypse was coming mm. out, I didn't have the manliness, right? And so I started chasing that, right? How do I find ways to test, am I strong enough? Am I a hard enough guy? 
without endangering my life by getting zombie attacks. So I just started a series of events that would test that, right? And you could say an ultra marathon test that. You can do survival challenges. You can do things like the Yagogi and the death race, or you could just do your local mud run race if you want to just take one step into it. But it all comes down to we were created, our beings were created a long time ago, and we had to run away from animals. We had to carry rocks and, and timber to build our houses. We had to source water. We had to figure out things without GPS and an iPhone in our hand. We didn't have couches to sit on to watch TV all day. We didn't have cars to drive us around. We had to actually navigate land on our own, carry things, source things. And we've lost all that. We've lost 100% of that because we've we figured out how to invent comforts. And all we do is most people work a job so they can buy comforts. Most people spend their whole life buying comfort. And what we lose is our own level of, of fitness and our own level of grit, which is resiliency, tenacity, integrity, all those things. We lose those because we never practice them because we don't have to. We don't have to run away from the stuff. We don't have to build our own house. We don't have to source our water. We just sit around and let everything come to us. So I started a journey to, to figure that out for myself. And I went all the way to the death race, which is something not a lot of people do. But it really just, it became the thing that I am now, which is a person of grit. I do hard things on purpose because they're hard. And that's the reason why. I'm going to ask you about the triggering or the catalyst event for you to start doing hard things on purpose and and to get off the couch and to rediscover your manhood. And how much of that do you attribute to being the director of VIP programs and being involved in these concierge programs for ultra high net worth? Like, had you been in a different business world, do you think you would have felt the pull uh, back to nature and back to hard things as much as you did? I don't know. You, you make a good point. I was My entire work career was at the pinnacle of success, comfort, all the luxuries. I had clients who would ask me what kind of helicopter to buy for their yacht. That's the kind of question <laughs> I was dealing with on a yeah. somewhat regular basis. And when you see that level of ultra comfort, ultra success, and you realize at that level, there's still a longing for foundational, what am I here for? What am I doing? And the majority of people at that level are still unfit. They're still unhealthy. They're still going to die early of preventable diseases because they didn't take care of their own bodies. I, I, maybe it was just a point that I just got fed up with that and said, this is not what life is supposed to be about. Because you can have everything in the world, all the gold in the world. You don't take care of yourself, your inner self. What good is it? And that's what I got to over a period of time. And I just decided to go do my own journey to find it. As you started that journey, what were the first couple of events that you tried and how did you pick them out? And then how did you pick the next one? Yeah, I started a, a local 5K Spartan race in upstate New York. I can't even take credit. My wife signed me up, mm -hmm. right? She signed me up because she wanted to go do it with some friends. And I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. But man, when that starting gun went off, I started running up a hill and I had to navigate challenges and obstacles and get dirty and stuff. By the time the race was over, I felt like I just tapped into something that I never knew existed before. And I immediately wanted to do the next harder level. I just kept doing the next harder level for 10 years, basically. I'd do something, I'd fail it, I'd try it again. 
then I succeed, then, okay, what's the next hardest level? What's the next hardest level? And it just became an insatiable desire for what is, what's the next thing I can do to test my level of strength, my level of grit and resiliency. And that, that went along until I finished the death race. And there really is sort of nothing next after that level. You can do it again, but it's an impossible task to try to finish that race again, because it becomes exponentially unfair for any competitor who tries to do it again, because that's by design. They say, if you're strong enough to finish one death race, we're going to make it 10 times harder the next time you try to come back. And I just wasn't about that. But I went back as an instructor to help other people navigate their journey. And I really found a lot of joy and purpose in, okay, not everybody's going to do the death race. You don't have to do the death race to find grit, but I can help people figure out if you want to take one step towards grit, what's that step? Then if you want to take two steps after that, I'm going to help encourage people to get out and do that. And it could be as simple as pick a parking spot that's further away than you would normally park and just walk more to your car and back. Why? Because it's just hard on purpose. It's not comfortable. Those little bitty things you do, if you choose something that's uncomfortable on purpose, you're building grit. I did that today because I knew that you and I were talking and now there's <laughs> storm clouds gathering outside my buildings. But I guess it, it's, it's yeah. more grit. Now I'm going to drive home with my shoes wet. I, I just want to level yeah. set because most of the people that that will be listening to this will have no idea when you and I talk about the death race, what that means. So can you give us like a little bit of an overview? And, I, and I've heard you say you have to be there to truly understand it, but how do you explain that that race and the process? Sure. So it is a four to five day event. The participants don't know when it's going to end. There's a sort of window of time that it might end. There's no course. There's no description before you show up. Uh, you're given a, a list of things to bring. Some of the things are, are nearly impossible to source. Like they might be a certain like rare breed of birds feathers, or they might be a certain finite amount of scales of a certain fish or there's some crazy things and sometimes you can't get all the things on the list and you have to like stress about what it's going to mean if you don't show up with certain things sometimes you, you got to show up with a 50 pound metal plate with something carved and then you realize that plate is you're going to have to just carry it around for the entire four or five days in addition to 30 other pounds of stuff that you got in your pack but the whole idea is to navigate chaos under stressful and uncomfortable conditions. That's the premise of the race. And the premise is how much can we push you to past and well beyond your own breaking limits? Most people fail the race, but that doesn't mean that they don't get a lot out of it. And fail isn't a word I should use. I say most people don't finish the race, but you only fail if you don't take away a lot from the race. But the idea is just to stay in the race as long as possible until it ends. That's really the goal. And if you stay in the race and it ends, you become a finish. So no, no finish line? There's no finish line. And there's actually not a race most of the time. It's you're given a, a list of tasks to do. Okay, everybody go do this now. And then you might be split up and one group may be doing something. Wrong, and it's physical labor and it's problem solving and it's navigating. But there's so much chaos thrown in. You're given conflicting uh, rules. You're given conflicting instructions. Sometimes two different people are telling you two different things. And then you're given a job to do. But the only way to do that job is to break one of the rules that you were told never to break. And that's all on purpose. I, and you have to figure out how to navigate that 
And it's really the instructors trying to figure out what is going to break this guy, what's going to break this guy, what's going to break this girl, what's going to break them. And then pushing that as hard as they can and seeing if you'll quit. And that's really the thing. And sometimes you don't quit, but they tell you, nope, you're out of the race. You didn't perform. You got to go do this. But it's just a test because you're not really out of the race. They just want to see what will happen if you do that. So imagine running your local 10K and the race directors are just running behind you, putting on weight, putting obstacles in your way, pushing you into a tree, taking your water away, telling everybody not to give that person any aid, taking your shoes off, and then telling you to turn left when you're supposed to turn right, and then telling you're disqualified, you missed a cutoff, you can't race anymore. All those things happening, but you still have to run and complete the race. That's basically what the death race is for somebody who would be running a regular 10K race. And then the only thing that's harder than that is coming back with the finisher target on your back because now everybody wants to be the one who makes you quit. Yeah, I've seen it attempted a few times. It's not very successful. If you show back up and you try to become a two-time finisher, they'll make it nearly impossible. It's not to say that some people haven't been able to do it, but at that point, it, it just becomes not fun enough for me to try it again. And so what is fun enough for you to try again now? If there's nothing harder in front of you, like what it, what's filling your yeah. day or, or your athletic calendar? Yeah, there's two things. One is I love coaching, guiding, and helping inspire people to start their own grid journey, whether it's the first step or the last step in their race. I have a number of people and friends every year, every time the death race comes around, there's a group of people that I'm encouraging, guiding, giving advice to. And I'm often back at that event as an instructor, physically giving people direction and and helping guide them to their, whether they quit or whether they finish or not. But the other thing is I I do adventure races. I still do races and runs myself and just to keep that competitive level going. I do a number of ultra marathon races. I just did a snowshoe ultra marathon last year. That was fun. So what's what's harder than an ultra marathon? Slap some snowshoes on. Yeah, it was a, a great challenge. And it was weird because the, a bunch of snow had melted like the week of the race. So not only was it a snowshoe marathon, but half the race course didn't even have any snow in it anymore. So I was doing, I was running in snowshoes on snow. And then I was also running in snowshoes on dry ground, which is probably harder than when it's snowing. But the race director insisted that you had to wear your snowshoes 100% of the time, no matter what the conditions were. So I was literally running up and down trails on a mountain with snowshoes on with no snow for half the time, doing that for 30 plus miles. What do you think separates you today from 31, 32-year-old you? What have you done to get mentally and physically to the space where you are? Oh, The biggest thing is that I run towards challenges, chaos, trouble, hard things instead of run away. Right? I, I shun the idea of seeking comfort for comfort's sake. Now, I, I totally enjoy comforts of life. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy traveling to amazing places. I, got, I have a couch and I have a TV. All right. I don't live in cavemanville. But when I am enjoying comfort, I understand it as a unique blessing that comes in small spurts. But most of my life is spent embracing the suck, running towards uncomfortable things for the benefit of it's a great experience because it's purposely uncomfortable. And when you unlock that level, you realize that 
art doesn't have any power over you, you can conquer it whenever you want to. And hard things are only hard things if you don't practice doing hard things. Right? And now I wake up every day and if I've got a challenge I don't want to deal with or something like that, I have no excuse because in my head I go, it's not harder than the death race. I should just mm. do it. It's not harder than the death race. It shouldn't scare me. It shouldn't hinder me. So you get to a certain level of doing hard things and then you realize everything else becomes easier in comparison. How do you, let me ask you about that balance with success and comfort and then the drive towards hard things, right? So many of us spend time and effort working really hard to make money so that we can buy nice things, right? And so where's the balance between wanting to have all those great experiences and then wanting to get up on a Saturday morning when you don't want to get out of your nice warm bed and go running in 12 degree weather? Yeah, I'm not against having nice things. I'm just against it when it takes away from the foundational grit that you could have in your life. If you're using comfort to to build a wall for you that takes you out of being uncomfortable and having natural grit, then it's a crutch, just like everything else. I talk about this thing I call the grit gap, which is that success brings comfort. Then comfort erodes grit. And then grit is what you need for success. So when you become successful, you lose the grit that you need to stay successful or find the next level of success. And a lot of people go through that cycle. You wake up and you go, oh man, like I got too comfortable. I I surrounded myself with too much comfort from all the success that I've had. And it's really easy to fall into that trap. There's trillions of dollars of marketing spent every day to convince you to get into that trap, right? Because you've got the money to spend now. You've become successful. You can spend Mm -hmm. all the money. But if you don't balance that out by purposely seeking out, running head on into uncomfortable things and challenges, you'll find that you just, you wake up one day surrounded by comfort and you don't know how to deal with being uncomfortable. So the next stage of your business life is you've started a business around cultivating grit for high achievers. So tell me about that. Yeah. So it's the Epic Grit Club. And the idea is for business leaders, business owners, these are people who make high impact in the world. They're highly susceptible to the grit gap, right? This is where they fall. The Epic Grit Club is for people who value grit, who want to be around grit, want to have more grit, or some guys just have a lot of grit already, but they want to be around other guys who embrace that grit so that they can keep on their grit journey. And that's what it's about. You can't get this from reading a book. You can't get it from watching videos. You need to go and your own grit. And this is the club where we're going to have events all around the country for people to come get their grit journey going, have a mastermind as part of that so they can really open up about how do I translate grit to success? What is stopping me in my business life, my home life, my spiritual life, because I don't have grit? And now what can I unlock because I'm cultivating it? So this is the culmination of what I've learned through building businesses, exiting businesses, and taking my grit journey, which was a side project, is now there's a real benefit to helping business leaders and business owners purposely put grit in their lives and then unlocking the next level of success that they've been holding back from so far. And you've been working really on on an almost pro bono basis for the last couple of years, putting together these events 
on your own and and then for us and in, in the GoBundance program. And it's been one of the most impactful things. And you hear this, I know, over and over from the guys that do these events, but the 48 hours that we spend in an Airbnb together, masterminding, and then going out and doing something hard and then coming back and and talking about it over a pizza and a beer have been some of the most impactful time that I've spent in that program. So I want to thank you and, and honor you for that. And then ask you, what does it look like when you're bringing together guys who maybe aren't in an organization together, who are high impact business leaders from different industries who don't know each other? Like, how do you envision those masterminds looking? We all have a foundational sort of center of our ancient selves, right? I, I don't, I've never been around someone who doesn't get in nature, pick up a rock, throw a spear, who doesn't feel something inside themselves come alive, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you own a law firm or if you own a laundry shop or if you're the C, a major Fortune 500 company, that's going to exist, right? So we're going to go do that stuff. Then we're going to talk about what's going on in your own life. What are the challenges you're facing? What are the stumbling blocks? What are the limiting beliefs? How do you get to the next level? What does the next level look like for you? Everybody is on the same level when you get to that, no matter if you're 65 or you're 25, everybody's got to find that out. And it's tough to find out if you don't have enough grit to get into it. Give me an example of a time after you'd had this awakening that the grit served you outside of the athletic arena. So in, either in your family life or in business or with with relationships, like how have you found it to be impactful outside of running the next race and doing the next longer, longer thing? Sure. Yeah. So I, I grew up in a family where we didn't really talk about feelings, where there was no fighting, which just meant we didn't get into the real stuff. I inherited <laughs> that sort of in my family, right? I had very surface relationships. I loved my kids and, and they loved me, but we didn't talk about the real stuff and I avoided conflict. I was also a, a serious procrastinator, right? Mm-hmm. And I can build a successful business around that because I had other talents that masked that. But what grit taught me is you don't run away from the things you're not good at. You run into them and you conquer them, right? And that doesn't mean you have to keep beating your head like doing something that you're bad at. But to run away from it and not and try not to ever do it is you're going to fail. Your businesses are going to fail because you just seriously just avoided all the things you weren't great at. And everybody's got to be able to, to figure out that part. So I started getting into the conversations that were uncomfortable. I started changing my relationships to be uncomfortable because that's where the goodness happens. And I, I found that all the things that I had avoided all my life because I was afraid or thought I wouldn't be good at, those are the things I had to get into even faster and even harder. And that that was the biggest change in my life. It, it was personal, it was relationships, and it was in the business on all three areas. Do you find the line between if I bang my head against the wall one more time, the wall will crumble down and I'll get what's behind the wall? And... I've hit my head a bunch of times and now I should stop and go do something else. I have a good question. I, I probably hit my head too many times in some situations. And I, I don't know that there's a clear cut answer for that. I'm a believer in the who not how strategy. So I definitely yeah. understand that sometimes you need to find a better person than you to do a task. And you need to delegate the things that you're not amazing at so you can free up the things that you are amazing at. I'm not saying that that doesn't coexist with the idea of grit, 
But if you're running away from something because it's hard, it's uncomfortable, and you're not good at it, then that's going to limit everything you do. Now, you might go in, you might figure out the best that I can do, the hardest that I can work at it. I tried it. I tried it. I got my hands in it. I ran into uncomfort. And you do that. And then you realize, all right, next time I'm going to hire somebody to do that. That may be the best. That may be the best thing to do for your business and for your life. I'm not saying that. But to never go at it and never figure it out yourself is, I think, that's part of that. What's missing in a lot of people right now? Fine. How long was it for you from the idea of starting this new grit business to the launching of it? I don't know. You were involved in some of the earliest sort of beta tests that came out. Oh, that, okay. That was not very long. Yeah. No, maybe about <laughs> a year. For the last three years, I've been an instructor at a lot of these events and I've ushered a lot of people through the process. And these were mostly my own friends and the people who are around the culture. It was really when I started doing the Spartan program for GoBump, when Matt King and Chris Ryan said, hey, can you form a program so that our business leaders and our members can go through the journey? And that was really the first time I had put it together of, hey, high impact business leaders really need this message. And I saw a lot of instances, heard a lot of people talk about the grit gap of, I've just become too comfortable with my success uh, and I really need something like this. And I thought that's a great thing to do. And if I can find a way to build a business around it, it's really my personal passion and what I call my massive transformative purpose, which is the thing that I'm uniquely qualified to do that delivers the best, biggest impact on the world. And I really think that's it. Highly successful, comfortable people, these are going to be the people who change the world. And if I can help them understand the value and how to bring their own grit along, they're going to be much better leaders. They can make a much more positive impact on the world. So the objection that I can hear in the minds of people listening to this is that what you described, either the death race or even at a 5K Spartan race is already too hard. And so for somebody who's thinking about that, like what kind of preparation would they want to be putting into getting ready for even the entry level events that either adventure races or mud races or the kind of thing that you're putting on? So the, I can't do that. It's too hard. Maybe somebody else can. Everybody says it's universal because it's just what's locked in right now. But the truth is, I don't know a single person, no fitness level excluded. I don't know a single person who can't do one of those races, right? Maybe not the death race, right? But the the 5K, just don't quit and you'll finish, right? Most people have no idea how strong they are. Most people don't know what they're capable of. It's because they don't test it. So most people who say, I can't do that, that's too hard for me, they're they're lying to themselves because they're too scared to go test and see if they could actually do it. The human body is incredibly strong and resilient. It just needs to be asked and demanded to do what it can do. And most people are too afraid to ever go ask their bodies, their mental their physical body to go do something that it's capable of doing because it's hard and it's scary. And if you think it's too hard, I would just go volunteer and go stand at a finish line at one of these races and see if there's not somebody who looks like you or looks like they're even in worse shape coming across the finish line. If you went and looked at at the people, if you showed up and you you stood at the sidelines and you watched people, you'd see guys that that look like they have every impairment, double amputees, guys with serious 
physical issues. You see a guy pulling his own wheelchair up a mountain with a rope. You can't tell me you can't go do that thing if a guy with no legs is pulling his own wheelchair with a rope up a muddy hill. And you're sitting on the sidelines saying, that's too hard for me. There are people who just decide, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out how to get the strength to do it. Step one is the hardest step, and that's to sign up. Put it on your calendar. If it doesn't scare you, it won't change you. Everyone should be signing up for things that they don't think they can do. It's the only way that you're going to advance. Sign up for something that's too hard, too challenging, too tough. Put it on your calendar and then tell other people that you're doing it. You will 100% show up and you will probably finish because you have the desire inside. You have the strength, but you have to call on it. You have to ask it. That's the hack is telling somebody else and having that external accountability to yourself to do the training, to show up on race day and to finish yeah. the event. And I'm not against training and preparing and stuff like that. There's a hundred <laughs> Google articles about how to train for this, how to train for that. There's nutritional advice. There's do these pull-ups, there's do these grip exercises. There's all that stuff. And yeah, you should get ready for it. But if you're waiting to be ready yeah. for it, you'll never sign up. If you're waiting until you're going to be ready for that hard thing that scares you, you're never going to do it. You have to sign up first and then get ready. The motivation of not failing is what will get you to getting ready for the event and showing up. I kickstarted my training for the Spartan race in Greece today because I didn't realize that we were going to run the 20K version and not the 10K version that I've been running for the last year. Twice as long, twice as many obstacles and jet lagged. So doing hard things on purpose. Yeah, that's what it is. But in about. beautiful places. And you and the advice that you gave me or, or maybe you gave the group a year ago was like don't don't try to win, don't try to be faster than everybody else because there's always going to be somebody bigger, faster, stronger, but just try to have more fun than everybody else. And so if you approach these kinds of races with that with that attitude and, and business, if you approach business and life with the attitude that you can have more fun than everybody else, then that's a competition you can win all the time. Yeah. And it goes into the, the whole idea of embracing the sock, doing hard things on purpose. You can develop a mentality that the more something sucks and the harder it is, the more fun it is. You can do all these things mentally and you will believe these things if you practice these things, right? So in business, the harder a challenge is, the more you're getting your butt kicked by the opposition, by the economy, by whatever's going on, that challenge can become more fun, right? Success is boring in a lot of ways. Everything going your way all the time and you show up at work and it's the same old things. You just push the same buttons and the same thing happens again. That's not fun in a lot of ways. Having to navigate challenges, having things thrown at you, having to make tough decisions, that's fun, right? That's being alive. That's a sign of I need to exhibit prowess here. I need to show the things that I've learned. I need to be a good operator in this business. Those are all driven by challenges, right? If everything is all the same smooth, you don't have to be good at your job. Any Anybody can just do it. So those that, that doing hard things on purpose can also be an extreme version of fun because it's a sign of life. I love that. Success is boring, right? And the more successful you are, the you don't have less problems. You just have different problems, right? They're either bigger or they're stranger to you. And so making sure that you keep cultivating grit in your life helps you overcome those challenges and know, that, know frankly, that you can rise to the level of those challenges 
as they come up. So Clay, as, as we wrap up here, you're going to be speaking at our Great Legal Marketing Summit and coming up in October in Orlando. So if people want to see you there, they could check you out there. But where else can people find you? You have a website uh, for the new company yet? I'm working on a website.com. That's not up yet, but maybe in, in a week or so, I'll have some things up there. You could find me on LinkedIn, Clay Speakman. I think I'm the only Clay Speakman. Or if there's a few, it should be easy to find me. Look for the guy who's doing some adventures in your mad video. caveman. Yeah, mad <laughs> caveman is going to be the next part of my bio that I add. But yeah, look me up on LinkedIn or send me an email to my name, ClaySpeakman.com. And man, if you want to talk grit, you want to talk hard things on purpose, you want to talk adventure races, Spartan races, anything like that. I'll do it for days and days. All right, Clay, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, Thanks, Brian. It's good to see you again.